The Who's the Daddy mystery has been solved. And apparently the name of Dirty Den lives on. Now Sharon's a nana and her flat is a creche. But will Jada want back in? I'm Alex. I'm Rob. And this is the Wolford Weekly Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Wolford Weekly, your weekly EastEnders podcast, where this week we'll be discussing the episodes that were released on the BBC in the UK from Monday the 8th to Friday the 12th of November. And joining us this week for our disquisition of the soap, it's Rob! Hello, hello everybody, how are you this week? Well done Alex, that was a very long word that you just said, right first time. Thank you, I learnt it very very early. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm very well this week, so a bit behind the scenes extra knowledge this week. I was at work last night, barely slept, and I'm here, you know, I finished work at six o'clock this morning, and just, uh, we record, we started recording this about, well, we started talking to each other about half past twelve, it's been about half an hour of preamble <laughs> before we got to uh, where we are now, so if I go into the slightly realms of fantasy uh, later on in this podcast, then that's why, but I'm a super trooper, I'm a super trooper, and I'm here to do this week's podcast, so let's crack on before I pass out. <laughs> That's great, Rob. Honestly, and I'm sure everyone watching or listening is very happy that you're here. I'm happy Thrilled. that you're here. I really Thank am. You. Thank <laughs> Thrilled you. to pieces. Thanks. Uh, um, a couple of things. First of all, um, I don't know if anyone else has noticed, but uh, there's a video came up uh, yesterday, as this is aired, uh, for our discussion about John Sen's news. Because anyone who hasn't watched the video yet, and if you haven't, why not? But you can watch it, but there's a link at the top of the screen. Um, John Sen is leaving the soap as executive producer. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about it in great length and what we think the future of the show may be. So I strongly recommend that after you've watched or listened to this podcast, you go back and have a watch or listen to that too. And another thing, Rob, is that yes. I found out this week that we are on Audible as well. So oh. Anyone who has an Audible de- uh, description... Uh, description <laughs> subscription uh uh please please find us on there as well um and as always please feel free if you whatever you listen to us on or watch us on to leave us a review it helps us a lot and it's always very nice especially when you say more nice things about (laughs) me than you do about rob Mm. Uh, no 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 you, you just no so we got we got a very nice we got a very nice review uh from what what was his name um it was beginning with d what was the, what was the name uh don't we send you uh, written down i can't remember i haven't got it written down davy 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 yes yes davy sent us a very nice mm. review on audible said that he really enjoyed the podcast and that found we were, found, found us both very funny especially alex so i mean think i've if you think I've heard nothing but that for the past 24 hours, then you are harshly, harshly mistaken. <laughs> I am. I'm the Barry Chuckle to my pool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> out of the two of us, who knew that I'd be the straight man? You know, that's, you know, there you go. So thank you very much, Davey, for leaving us that <laughs> nice review. Um, yeah, please feel free if you're on Audible. Check us out. Apparently we're on there as well. We didn't even know that. So, <laughs> so yeah, great. Yeah, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, we're on loads. Yeah, we're everywhere. Loads and loads and loads and Can't get loads. rid of us. Billboards, billboards like next. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be listening to us on planes, um, on planes all over the world soon. That's that's the next day. Oh, I'd love to imagine that if you can oh. tune into Wolford Weekly on like a little plane channel. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? That'd be nice. 
Not like the well, like an easy jet. I think we're yeah. more easy jet than we are British Airways. I think we're more Ryanair, in all honesty, but there you go. Um, so <laughs> that would make a 15-hour flight flyby, wouldn't it? Anyway, Alex, what a week it's been in EastEnders this week. We're both very smug because we've got a big old theory, right, that we've been saying uh, since last week. So that's, that's Ooh, us this week. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah, that's us done. I mean, that's the end of the show. Let's just go. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. No, um, stay, keep listening or watching mm. because um, we'll be talking about uh, how we got something right for a change uh, a little bit <laughs> later on. It's just it's exactly it's the Sharon story. But first of all, yes. we're going to talk about Nancy and Mick and Frankie. And Frankie has decided that she feels that maybe the Carters need a little bit of time without her. She needs to make her distance and go visit a friend um, and yeah. make Nancy maybe reassess exactly her feelings toward her dad and the introduction of a new sister in her family. Mm. I mean, it was nice to see this week that Nancy did show remorse about locking Frankie in the boot. I think that was the right choice to make because you worried me last week when you started saying that you thought that Nancy might be a bit like, nah, I don't care. I'll do it again if you ask me. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it a hundred times over. Yeah. I mean, I just, I know. I mean, the thing is, I always thought that I could see why Nancy was so kind of put out by the whole thing because Frankie, she's been in mixed life for her entire life, you know. That's she's been there as as normal daughters come along, you know, just sort of there from birth, and it's like that's my dad, that's my mum, hurrah! And then Frankie has been around for five minutes, effectively, and Mick is sticking up for her and telling Nancy that she needs to get over the fact that she was hit by her sister in a car, and you know, <laughs> nearly died. You know, just get over that, Nancy. Right, just get over yourself. So I can sort of, I sort of <laughs> understood why she was kind of feeling that way. Um, we open the week this week uh, with. Because if you if you uh, were there last week, you will know that we left last week with Frankie locked in the boot of a car with Liam driving around the square like a psychopath for no reason whatsoever. Um, turns out he took her to this um, well, to sort of deserted car park in the middle of nowhere. Where was this? Why? Uh, I don't understand quite where I he drove her know. to. No, we don't know. But anyway, he. I don't um, know. None of no. this makes sense. For me. <laughs> anyway, Frankie was there, um, left in there all night. <laughs> All night she was just left in there. Liam couldn't hear a thing because she was listening to ridiculous music. Uh, and then Janine goes into work the next day, aware that Liam has kind of nicked this car. And uh, then begins to understand by little pieces that have been put together. You know, Nancy is saying that you know, Frankie didn't come home last night. Somehow she saw, I can't remember how she managed to work out that Frankie was in the boot. I can't quite remember how those pieces were tied together. <clears throat> but... Either way, she does, and uh, tells and mm. basically relays to Liam, yeah, you've done a very silly thing, young fella, me lad, uh, so you uh, need to go sort that out. And Liam goes back to the car and sort of just looks at it fearfully as though it's going to attack him at any moment, and then suddenly starts hearing this kind of <laughs> knocking from the door, realising, oh my god, there is a woman in my car, there's a woman in that car boot, what the hell am I going to do? So... After a bit of consultation with Janine, he drives her back to the square and we don't know how exactly Frankie is found in the car. We are led to believe that... Well, isn't... I don't know. It was, there, was no, there was no sort of reveal scene for Frankie sort of being let out of the car. She just sort of turned up at the Vic looking all sort no. of dishevelled and dehydrated. We were told well, she by turned up with... Sonia. Yeah, Sonia. Yeah, That's why Sonia came in with her and said yes. like... Other than being dehydrated, she's fine. <laughs> and then, like, and it's such a strange thing for me just to think, like, at the time. But I did think to myself, how did, how did Frankie go to the toilet? Like, I, you know, I kind of expected her to be a little bit. All bear grills, all bear grills on the situation. That's why she was well, like, dehydrated. Did, That's what you do, yeah. isn't it? Was it like a jerry can there? And like, yeah. That's what bear grills would do. Locked in a boot. Lick your, drink your wee. That's what you do. Drink your own wee. 
from a jerry can. <laughs> yeah, so we're not we're not quite sure how Frankie sort of, sort of was sort of let out of the boot. We're led to believe that Liam sort of left the car somewhere in a helpful place where someone would, would inevitably <laughs> hear her knocking, unlike the place that she was when she was first locked in the boot, which was outside the Vic in a busy street. No one heard her there, but wherever Liam left her, she was heard. <laughs> She so, was but no, she was. Wasn't she let out of the boot? Wasn't that the yep. thing that he said? That the that Sonny said that she was found already out of the boot. So did Liam like unlock? Just the wandering boot? around the just <laughs> wandering around the streets. Or, yeah, this dehydrated, <laughs> like, soiled dehydrated, woman. Like, <laughs> not coming up with the idea of yeah. maybe I should buy a bottle of water. What do I, I do what, now? I don't know what I'm doing. It's, just, it's, it's very odd. Very odd. <laughs> It was just another example of how, like, things weren't explained. It was just no. like, you fill in the pieces, you're, you're the viewer, fill them <laughs> in for yourself. It's best to ask questions. And I just thought, ah, oh. no. it was best to ask questions. I liked the aftermath of it, though. I liked that the Janine yes. then kind of said, well, you're a fool. You kidnapped a woman without thinking, and now you're going to be basically cut of the money is being taken away from you, and you can no longer work for us anymore. <laughs> yeah. the, the big corporation of Billy and Janine, that they clink mugs yeah. with each other whilst having their full-up fried breakfast in the... Uh, you know, Kathy's yeah. uh, cafe. It's, yeah, I, so I was glad with the aftermath with that. But mm. Liam then found a new plan, didn't he? Where he decided that he was going well, to... Well, it wasn't really a new plan, was it? It was exactly the same plan that he'd done before, except that he was in a different place and wasn't wearing very much when he did it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Frankie's gone off because she's realised that um, Nancy needs to, um, you know, sort of spend time with her dad. She's like, it's all right, mate, it's all right. I've got a ballroom I need to get to, so I can go and do that whilst you sort things out with your father. Everything's fine. Um, so, Frank, I-, I wasn't expecting Frankie to actually go off for a little bit. I understand why um, Rose is taking her time off to go and do Strictly. And, and you know, and God, is she doing well, by the way. Doing amazingly. We're very proud oh, of her. love her. We love, love her. her. We're doing, she's doing really amazingly. Good. We're very proud of her. Um mm. So, yeah. The fact so that we're inter- talking about Strictly shows that we're enjoying we it last year. This year. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Maisie, you were amazing on there too. You, um, you, you were. were. You were. Um, yeah, so it's now just a case of um, Nancy and Mick trying to make things up. And it seems that, you know, Nancy's slowly starting to melt a little bit. And she, she's kind of spoken her mind to Mick a little bit and said, you know, this is how I'm feeling. And Mick was looking at her and go, I never thought, I never thought of any of this. Wow. Thank you for finally, sp- thank you. For, I'm glad we had this chat. I'm so pleased because apparently none of that occurred to him whatsoever. Um, Mm. What do you think? See, again, you've sort of got Janine in the background sort of stirring the pot. Because she was effectively the one that got rid of Frankie, wasn't, wasn't she? She. I don't quite know why, though. Yeah, was she kind of whispered she sort of, in Yeah, is she... So, um, is she sort of, um, like, trying to just sort of empty the oh. vic of people? <laughs> is she sort of just trying to empty the vic of people <laughs> and then sort of get Mick to herself? Because I think I think we've been led to believe that she's sort of got her eye on Mick, aren't, aren't we? So... Is that is Nancy That's next? That's the impression I'm. Yeah. That's the impression I'm getting that he, she's just close. She saw that Frankie and Mick were probably the closer of the two at the moment, um, because she kind of watched on uh, Nancy and Mick having that conversation in the pub, and kind of watched on, kind of thinking, mm, mm. "Okay, I've got another one in their way now." Uh, it seems to me that ultimately Janine's trying to get close with Mick, and it seems to be working as well because Mick and Janine's friendship because i don't want to call it relationship because i don't want it to go any further than a friendship um i really hope it doesn't i really hope it doesn't um and i i I, and she's 
she's clearly trying to get her way into the Vic, isn't she? I mean, it'd be yeah. interesting if there there is a respite somewhere where Janine actually does end up getting the Vic somehow. I wonder if that's a story coming down the line from for for Janine and that like we said last week like maybe she's trying to build up the empire around the square she's got the car lot she's all trying to get off jay now trying to get the vic bit by bit she's getting the pieces together yeah i mean this is what janine does best though isn't it It sort of looks around the square and it's it's almost like she's playing risk all over again just taking over the square Mm. um you know because there was a time when janine basically owned about 75 percent of albert square <laughs> you know she could look at house and go yep that's mine yeah. that's mine that's mine that's mine that will be mine um so yeah she's she's got her fingers in a lot of pies at the moment so it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting to see what janine's next move is i'm so pleased janine's back i know mm. i keep saying it but she's back <laughs> i'm so happy she's back yeah and she felt like she was back this week as well. Yeah. It felt like Janine this week. It, it did. Felt like it Janine. did. Been she was a bitch this week, wasn't happen. she? She it was, was really a proper bitch this week. Oh, she, you was, know, she was super bitch. Yeah, yeah, she was like being horrible to people, and like you know, even even Billy, who's supposed to be a mate at the moment, she was kind of like, "I don't need your opinion. Shut up, Billy." Which, to be fair, every character <laughs> has said at some point to Billy. Um, yeah, so even we yeah, said to Billy at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every week, Alex says that to Billy. Um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. it's it's all very good. So. Um, that then takes us on to, I think, the uh, we spoke of Liam and sort of his involvement well, uh, in that story this week. Yeah, so um, Tiff has started a, is it like a party business where she organises parties for brides or uh, hen parties? I know, just pluck an idea out the, hair, out the air and why not? Let's run with it. She has. And Liam decided to help. He didn't want to help. Very successfully as well. She's got like loads of five star reviews. She was saying like this is the, what happens this week was the first one star review she's got. She, other than that, this is a booming business. Where is this? Yeah, but that one star review has now degraded her five star review, and she's now gone down to like a three star review. And Shocking. she asked everyone, everyone who would listen to her, like, <laughs> does a one star review affect whether you're going to use a business? And everyone yes. said yes, and I yes. felt a bit like one one star review amongst many many five star reviews is normally just like not going to happen. It's a drop in the ocean. Sure, take a look at our podcast. <laughs> yeah, she's very sometimes. concerned about this. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Mm. Uh, but so I, I don't know. I don't know whether that's heading anywhere. I just felt like unless they were just kind of stringing along Tiff somehow, kind of being a little bit feel like she can't go out on her own and that she needs, she feels like she needs Keegan because there was a lot of longing looks toward Keegan this week as well when she kept looking at him um, and kind yes. of thinking, oh, maybe I should give him another chance. But mm-hmm. Liam, uh, not Liam, Keegan this week spotted or overheard Liam having a conversation with someone after he sold the car off after the hen party, yes. warned Tiff. And Tiff was like, nope, I, this is my, he's my brother and blood is, blood is thicker than water and I'm not going to mm-hmm. believe you. And so Keegan's kind of being thrown out on his ear again, yes. um, leaving Tiff to now get closer to Aaron, which seems mm. to be quite dangerous as well. Yeah, I mean, he's... Uh, just everything about Aaron makes my skin crawl already. Like, he's just such a... He's just such a slime ball. Um, and and Tiff, apparently, is... Uh, see, the thing is, I think Tiff's in rebound mode at the moment. Unfortunately, with Aaron, it's more of a ricochet. Uh, because it's, he, he's the sort of person that can just ring up a, a connection and say, oh, yeah, I can book as, a, I can book as like, yeah. a, a, a hotel. A whole hotel. I just, I, I've got the Ritz booked for the entire <laughs> building. Um, and we're going to go on the roof garden and we're going to have lots of it's, wine. It's five stars. Yeah. It's got oh. one, five, one, one star review, but yeah. you know, it's still good. It's still good. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so Tiff has... Well, the end of the week, basically, is uh, Tiff going off with Aaron and implying that they're in for a wild night together because Tiff is essentially mm-hmm. convinced that she needs to go over Keegan. And the only way to go over Keegan is to go and shag a right-wing activist, clearly. you know. <laughs> so that's the, how I do We've it. We've been there. This is how I do it. Um, so, <laughs> a bit, yeah, so, I mean, Keegan's sort of left out in the cold. Liam, meanwhile, is sort of drifting between hating Keegan. Two weeks ago, he was really not a fan of Aaron because he stood because he effectively stood Tiffany up so much. But he's now, I think, he's now decided that he prefers Aaron to Keegan. You know, mm. um, so I think Aaron is sort of falling, starting to fall people in the square a little bit. Where do Tiff and Aaron go from here? Is this? I mean, what is this night going to? Are they, are they going to be a couple next week? The speed this is going at the minute—they'll probably be married by this time next week. But what? <laughs> what do you? What, what do you think? Again, it's 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 not surprising if that should happen. They come back and got married. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I think Tiff and Aaron, Tiff and Aaron are going to become a couple. It's just how. How is Tiff going to discover Aaron's views? Because I, I, I think Aaron isn't very good at hiding no. stuff, is he? He kind of hides it amongst money. We've worked and it out really like quickly. Power. <laughs> yes. Well, we did. We yeah. did. But, you know, but... but Careless uh, washing but, that blood t- off his hands in for- front of us, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> How silly of him. Silly How Aaron. How silly of him. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's going to be Keegan who spots it, if it's going to be Liam who spots it. I mean, the thing is, is that Tiff is basically being surrounded by so many men that are just all not awful good people yeah. it must be, it, <laughs> awful it's, men it's quite it's quite destroying to the whole yeah. character of tiff i mean did you feel like this week that tiff the character just felt a little bit like she just couldn't be bothered anymore like it felt to me that the character just felt a bit meh, a bit deflated by the whole everything that's happening to her and the only thing that kind of excited her was her business and even then that kind of the rug got pulled from underneath her when she saw that one star review. I just feel, I, yeah. I, I mean, I it mean, feels like Tiff's ending is a coming upon us. A coming, a coming. <laughs> you only a use coming the word a coming. You only use the word a coming if you if there's a hurricane a coming. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think the problem with Tiff is this week is the fact that a that she had to sort of beg, borrow, and steal the venue off Dotty. So that kind of put her in a bad mood to start off with because the last thing she wants at the minute is to be trying someone to, else who's is, upset it, her. Well, yeah, but for understandable reasons, you know, it's so the last thing that she wants is to actually go to the the woman who slept with her husband and say, can I borrow your club, please, for my events that I wasn't doing this time last week, but I've now started doing. Thanks very much. Um, and yeah, and then so, so they've got this really sort of like needy bride in, apparently, who's an absolute bridezilla, according to all of her mates, um, who whose night was not going to be complete and she was going to leave a five-star review if there wasn't a naked waiter in front of her that very moment. Now, I would argue that that's not a marriage that's oh, going that to succeed. Good. That's not a marriage that's going to succeed. If your <laughs> hen night is dependent, if the success of your hen night is dependent on the fact that there's a naked man in front of you that's not your husband, love, what are you doing? You know, sort yourself out. Uh, it did give us a chance to see... Um, she I'll, just wanted I'll, a good time. Well, don't we all? But, it, I mean, it did give us a chance to see um, the new Liam half-naked... Not bad, not bad at all. Yep, enjoyed that. Um, especially really? in this, especially yeah. in this dicky bone, you know, it was quite nice. East Enders has got a thing about no Frank there. Butcher, was he? Well, he wasn't. Frank no Butcher Frank had Butcher. a dicky bow and he looks far better, far uh, better. I'd rather I Frank came from the dead and came through those doors <laughs> with a tray in his hand, handing out hors d'oeuvres and drinks to the ladies. And I bet she would have got a five star review as well if it had been Frank Butcher as well, especially Your... if they had Pat in the corner on the bar propping up a drink with a cigarette. 
I mean, if you, your tastes are something to be <laughs> amazed at. Um, yeah, so, yeah, but yeah I mean, I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, see, the thing is, they seem to be turning Liam into... They're doing that thing with him where they've sort of... Right, so they, they brought him in, and I, I didn't really like you when he first came in because he was just being bolshy and chavvy and sort of, like, unpleasant to people. And now they're doing that thing, and they did that thing this week where literally nobody has ever done this in their entire life. You, When you're doing the washing up or something, people sing along to the radio. It does right. happen. Nobody acts like they're on Strictly and sort of like going no one does that but they've done that to <laughs> yeah. me this week yeah. but, but even it's, the it's actor thing. even the actor looked embarrassed doing that in front of the sink <laughs> did you not think that the actor looked really embarrassed doing that scene like I was embarrassed for him the whole time I was like oh dear well, oh dear oh dear no, I, just, what, yeah. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think we've I think we've I think we're done with the butchers to be honest with you I think we've said enough Go on then, move on. Right, so we've got coming up now the big story, which is Martin, Zach and Sharon and little baby nanny Sharon now has taken, fully embraced the baby and wants her, the, the child in her life, but not without the rocky road that led to it because she, first of all, didn't want to admit that her son had had sex or uh, made a, a girl pregnant either. I mean, I mean, this was our big revelation. We 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 spotted this from the moment the baby was left on the doorstep that Sharon basically was the nan, and it wasn't Zach's child, and it wasn't Martin's child. Um, I say Martin was involved with the story, but really he wasn't involved at all. It was very much Zach. I <laughs> know. Oh, as soon as he worked out, these, oh, it's, it's not mine. Good luck, mate. So walked off. Um, yes. So yeah, it's officially uh, Dennis's little Dennis. Um, now the thing is, uh, the thing I think I th- see now, the thing I found difficult about this this week was there's nothing wrong with Jade as actress, perfectly perfectly good at delivering her lines, was you know having a good old scene with Letitia Dean, absolutely perfect. She looks a little bit older than Denny was when he died. You know, uh, she looks about eighteen, the actress. Oh, and that, a lot older. Yeah, that's <laughs> that automatically makes. And not once did Sharon ask her, "How old are you?" <laughs> like, how old were you when this happened? Excuse me, young lady. Throw a lot of shade her way. Mm. Nothing more was said from Sharon apart from why would you want to sleep with you? <laughs> so I think you're missing the yeah, priority. That was a the horrible question. line, wasn't it? Think, especially you. Especially you. Especially you. Yeah, she mega. Said. Yeah. Yeah, especially you. Uh, so, so I think Sharon was far more concerned with the fact that she just wanted to attack anybody that had been with her her son. You know that she was just so young, and he is young. He was young when this happened. Now, I've had a few days to kind of get over this. I, you sort of realise it does happen. Unfortunately, this is a thing that happens. You know, young kids do do stupid things, and the you know young pregnancies do happen and unfortunately it is perfectly possible for a 14 year old to suddenly find himself as a father um unfortunately father is not around to take this responsibility so that now leaves sharon with yet another child to deal with her sh- her, her flat is now slowly turning into a a, a crash <laughs> she's got albie and she's now got um Alyssa to look after now she's got Zach to kind of help her help her along, but Sharon, I think, is starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed mm. by all these screaming children that she's going to have to deal with. Um, now, my question with this is: now, how long do you think Jade? Do you think Jade is done? Do you think that we're going to see more from Jada in the future? Or do you think she's going to change her mind? Because it was very, she, she seemed quite determined to sort of give the baby to Sharon, but I got the sense this week that she was uh, there was going to be regret in the future. 
Yeah, I mean, they're showing attachment between Sharon and especially Zach as well. Zach seems to have taken up the mantle. Yeah. So I, I'm presuming that this, that's like you say, the story could be that Jada returns and mm. decides maybe maybe with his with her um, father, because she said her mum died or was it the other way around? Her dad had died. Uh, yeah, mum's died and dad is just spectacularly unhelpful, I think, was the, was the basic kind of thing of it. Yeah, where he told her to get a job and he, she was a bit like, well, it's a bit difficult at the moment because I have a child. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, which is right to say. I've yeah, got a job, got a baby. Um, so she did... <laughs> I was a bit surprised. I was a bit surprised that they didn't go down the route that she didn't ask for money. You know, she said, oh, yeah. here's a child. I want some money. Um, That's a good so point. Then, so almost, almost showing her as a very unloving because at the moment I don't know what her relationship is with her child at the moment. Whether it is one that she feels regretful that she has to, she feels like she's in a situation where she has to give it away, mm. or whether that she really doesn't give two hoots about the, the the baby and kind of just wants to palm it off to anyone who would probably give it better care. At the moment, I'm leaning toward the latter. I think that she's kind of palming it off to someone who she believes would give better care, which would then, I think, lead to her returning at some point and perhaps breaking up, you know, Zach, breaking Zach and Sharon's heart when she says she wants the child back. Because they're going down the legal routes as well, old Sharon and Zach, which is very unheard for. Sharon had a Zoom uh, meeting. EastEnders. Yes. Um, yeah, normally, <laughs> normally they just write up contracts all by themselves and sign them in blood, and then that's, yeah, that's the end of it. That's done. But this time she's going down the legal route. Uh, <laughs> Which is very unusual for Sharon. She's not used to this sort of mal- malarkey. Um, yeah, no, I, mm. yeah, I think, yeah, when you think of it like that, it's actually quite possible to think that Jada is, there is a level of care there. You know, if she did turn around and sever and go, that's your son, that's your grandson, that's your granddaughter, and I'll have £10,000, please. Thank you very much. Um, and that would suggest a mother who is, completely and utterly unattached from her child and sees it as nothing more than a money-grabbing opportunity, which we have seen a plenty of times over the years. Um, but yeah, the fact that she sent it, the, the slightly questionable uh, moral thing of leaving a baby out in the cold in a basket, but you know, that's <laughs> <laughs> who's perfect. Um, yeah, the fact that he's she's kind of hunted Sharon down. I like the fact that Zach asked, how did she find our address? And again, it wasn't answered. Sharon just ignored that question, which no. I could have done with the answer no. to, but never mind. Um, she, More plot um, holes for us to fill. She was honestly like Charlie Dimmock, filling in all these holes in the garden. Um, yeah, she... <laughs> uh, she... Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? She annoys me. She, her hair kind of got, just an irrelevant thing here. Charlie Dimmock really annoys me because she's got hair come, constantly down when she's trying to like pop plants and all that kind of thing. And she's constantly brushing that out of her hair. And one episode I watched, she was doing a trellis and her hair was everywhere and she was constantly brushing it out of hair. She went, right, I just need to tie this up. Do you know what? She took off her, her wrist, a hairband to tie up the trellis. Didn't think to tie up her hair, just the trellis. <laughs> really annoyed me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so I think that Jada is... Sleep, I think, sleep is soon, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Jada is um, someone that's going to be uh, coming kind of backwards and forwards. I think when she gets a little bit older, she's going to realise what she's done. Because she was looking at the kid with some mm. affection, wasn't she? She was talking about, like, I just want the best for her. And I th- clearly you are the best solution to her right now. I mean, Christ, if Sharon Mitchell's the best solution to your kid, then there really are problems on the horizon. But, oh, come I on. I beg your pardon? Left her on a doorstep in Albert Square. She lives in Albert Square, for goodness sake. No child should ever be left yeah, alone in Albert Square. Yeah, but Sharon is the best solution. Sharon is the best solution to any problem. Need a night right. out? Sharon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> need, need, need a talk? Go to Sharon. 
Yeah. Should we talk about the latest entry to the, to the Mitchell edition of, of Sharon's birth? Let's just think about how great, yeah, and how, how morally great that was. The kid came along from an affair that she was having with a 19 year old. That's how Albie arrived on, that's how Albie arrived yeah. on the square. So in fairness, you know, it, well, the kid will learn things. It'll that's learn life lessons. You just, you've, you've just reminded me. Sharon's, uh, had the affair with Keanu, who was yes. a much younger guy. We don't know the age of, uh, Jade, Jada. Is there, some kind of symmetry they're trying to show there. That Maybe, but I, I, I'd argue that Keanu. Much at least, I'd argue Keanu. Or is that just at least, something we're trying to find? Well, I mean, I'd argue Keanu at least was legal, so Sharon wasn't really doing anything wrong there. Well, she was, but nothing, <laughs> nothing, illegal, nothing illegally wrong. Um, yeah. So this is the bit. So that yeah, that's the big thing this week. That Dennis was the father of the, was the father of the kid. Sharon's now got two kids to look after with Zach. Martin's run away. Martin's gone to the pub because he's like, well, nothing to do with me. Then see you later. And. So where so I yeah I think that's basically our prediction isn't it that Jada is going to decide that she yeah. wants to um she will come back into the kid's life at some point she's going to and Sharon seems to have become quite maternal towards Jada I thought you know she sort of looked at her and thought I can almost see some of her own mistakes in Jada because Sharon's not never been one to sort of yeah. live a completely innocent life has she she could sort of sort of see how no. a girl could find herself in this situation and she's made and she's made many a relationship mistake in her past. And I think the other big thing this week was, um, you know, when Sharon was sat there throwing barbed at her, you know, Jada quite happily turned to her, yeah, well, your son hated you and said really nasty things about you just before we slept together or yes. something. Um, but it was nice that she kind of got that feeling of, you know, sort of, yeah, but he, what he always does say to you is that you never gave up and clearly were always there for him, which I think has clearly been troubling Sharon ever since. And possibly while she, why she reacted so insanely to the the mm. death and everything with Ian and you know maybe all of that was sort of motivated by the fact that she was so kind of stricken by the fact that Denny didn't like her and didn't love her and that she had made such huge mistakes as a mother that that's the dying thoughts of her son yeah right okay so you're ex- you're explaining away the poisoned christmas pudding then for the fact that Sharon was so grief struck that she thought her son hated her when he died <laughs> That Trying. she then wanted to kill Ian Bill. Trying. <laughs> I'm glad that you're trying. I really am. Uh, but yes, I'm looking forward to more of that story, though. And like you say, the relationship mm. with Sharon and uh, Zach continues to grow stronger and stronger as well, which I like too. So that's mm. that's fun. Yes. Um, uh, another relationship that is it growing stronger or is it just is, is well, I don't know. Is Balam? We got the Balam oh, yes. story this week, yes. which was Ben and Callum deciding that. Well, Callum decided that he wanted to go out more, be more gay, <laughs> go to the nightclub. <laughs> um, Dress boy say, George. We kind of George George boy. Before we go any further, mm-hmm. have you ever in your entire life heard of the term? Baby gay. Never in my entire life. Because I I've never, wa- never and I never want and I never want to hear it no. again. <laughs> I know. Never and it, 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 yeah, the way he says it as well is a little bit kind of creepy. It's like I'm a baby gay, Ben. I'm a baby gay. I went on Urban Dictionary to find out what baby gray stood for or yeah. meant, and it basically means a, a guy who's come out a little bit later in his life, oh, okay. and he's he's kind of very excited about. Yeah, he's very excited about like going out and doing like the gay culture and learning about like the scene and so on and so forth. But then it says at the end, for between one to two years. So there's this very definitive time frame for when you're a baby gay. And it has kind of been out for longer than two years. So technically, 
Callum's no baby gay. Hmm. Said to Callum's uh, a toddler gay or a teenage gay. <laughs> an adolescent gay. Um, yeah, no, I think... It, an it, it, Well, that's interesting because I think it's the sort of turn that sticks. Uh, to be honest with you, it's slightly, ever so slightly cringeworthy as I found this storyline, especially with the revelation that Ben apparently has slept with people in triple figures. I mean, same, Ben, same. And in fact, I'd argue quadruple figures for me. Oh, good so, for you. Me. Um, <laughs> so, Can't keep count. No, I lost count at 12. Uh, so yes, the um, I actually thought there was an element of quite of intrigue in this storyline this week, because if you think about it, all right, put yourself in Callum's shoes in his weird little boy George shoes for a moment, and consider that you Ben Mitchell is the first person that you've ever the, the first man that you've ever slept with, and you've gone straight to him and you've got married and you know you've had everything that's gone on with being in the life of Ben Mitchell, and yet Ben Mitchell is somebody that has more than his fair share of experience going left, right and centre with any man that kind of crossed his path. I wonder whether there genuinely would be a serious thought in your head of, what have I missed out on? You know, should I have done... Should I have done some of that? Should I have been... Should I have been a bit more promiscuous before I decided to snug bear in a park with the moonlight shining on me? Should that have been a... Should that have been a factor that I should have done? You know, after I kind of got rid of the girlfriend that I was with at the time... And I actually wondered whether they were going to go down a little bit of a sort of Callum suggesting to Ben. How about how do you feel about like you know, other people coming into into this relationship? Like I, I met somebody who was dressed as Freddie Mercury tonight, and frankly, I want to break free. So um, I wondered if he was. <laughs> Stay for the puns, everyone. Stay for the puns. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, do you know what I mean? Though I was sort of yeah, there, there were moments of sort of, oh, no, kind yeah. of head in hands yeah. with it this week. But I almost kind of I was sort of like I kind of get Callum's thinking. I do kind of understand where he's coming from, but mm. I don't know whether it's actually going to go anywhere because yeah. we seemed to be more focused on this week after Callum, Callum had been out on this night out all on his own. Which I tell you what, it's more than what I can do. I couldn't sit in a bar dressed as Boy George and sort of hope for the best. You know, I, that's, he was having I, a great time. He was having a great exactly. time. Got, got drunk and got chatted up by somebody who dressed as Freddie Mercury, who was calling himself Freddie, by the way, as well. I wondered whether that was his actual name or whether. Oh no, I think he was just so he could just a character refer name. to him. That's why he just put Freddie because he put inverted commas on there as well. So he just said, "Oh, Freddie, and there's my number." I think that was ah. what the reason was. Well, because because of course this is the other thing: is the fact that when they, he was chatting to this guy, this guy Freddie turned around to him and said, "Yeah, well, me and my husband have an arrangement. It's fine, you know." And I think Callum's eyes were almost open there. So, wait, that's a thing. We can do that. Uh, so, I wonder if it's... <laughs> open, I wa- open relationships. Yeah, open relationships. Um, so, I wonder whether this is going to be a sort of exploration of sort of relationships like that within the gay community, which actually is a topic that isn't really discussed because I think that that sort of thing yeah. is looked upon as maybe a little bit sleazy, maybe a little bit sort of... the. But it's actually quite common, not massively common, but it does happen quite quite a fair bit. There is, I've I've met quite a few people that are in those sorts of relationships in the gay community, and it's not something that's ever really been covered in a sort of a prime time drama. So I'd be kind of interested to well, see it, that explored a little bit, wouldn't you? Yeah. In any way? Yeah, it it had been explored a little bit with Ruby, if you remember rightly, when she yes. uh, told Max that she was uh, in open relationships. And then <laughs> as soon as Max and her were not together anymore, she then wanted a baby with Martin. So that yeah. was forgotten. <sighs> another another remnants of an era that we will soon forget. And then... You're a bitter little bitch I agree this week, aren't you? 
I think I think you're right. I think it would be interesting to see the story, and it's interesting that Ben is jealous. I, th- I find that interesting that Ben's the one who's jealous. Well, yeah, because and Callum's the... having to almost talk him down. Yeah, because well, this is the thing. I think Ben has always kind of you know he loves Callum. Yes, there's no denying that. But I think Ben has always sort of his picture in his head of what this relationship that he is with Callum is is like. Yeah, I love Callum and he's mine. Yeah, and he would never consider cheating on me. That's not that's not a thing. I'm on cheat. I you wouldn't cheat on me. I'm Ben Mitchell. I'm I'm, I'm the stud. I'm this. I'm the best thing that's ever happened to this boy. Why on earth would he cheat on me? And all of a sudden, he said his eyes open to the possible fact that wait. He, he might cheat on me. Because yeah. actually, Ben is quite a paranoid person. You know, we've seen Ben sort of a couple of times in the Callum relationship sort of going, what are you doing? What are you looking at him for? What are you doing that for? Are you, if you engage, are you engaged to Whitney again? What's going on? So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it might be quite interesting to sort of explore that in a relationship and sort of, I, I'm open to it in all honesty, ironically. Um, I, I'm mm. open to the idea of them sort of exploring that aspect of relationships and doing it properly rather than it just being a sort of, because a lot of people do it. A lot of people have these sorts of relationships. And it's, say it's never really been covered before. It would be quite an interesting topic to discuss. So, I don't know. I, 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 we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I'm on board. Ting, ting. I'd ting, be ting. to see how, how it goes further down. I mean, the other thing is, has Ben never had anything to warrant, like, his paranoia in a relationship? Oh, God, no. Because when he was, <laughs> like, no. Because he's, yeah. I don't think anyone has no. ever cheated on him behind... I mean, the worst ever. he was probably the and worst thing. Callum's... The worst was Luke, I think, wasn't it? I think that's the the, the main, the only real relationship Luke's ever, uh, that Callum's well, Ben's he was ever just had to worry about, wasn't he? He, he was, was worse than Ben. Yeah, he so... was, but I think that's the only kind of relationship that's kind of ever really given Ben cause for concern. Because I think he seems to forget that Ben Callum is what Ben was when he first got with Paul. You know, this sort of. Somebody yeah. who doesn't really understand the community, yeah. somebody who's sort of been secluded away from it all, and all of a sudden he's with somebody that's really open and quite happy with who he is, and you know he's prepared, and knows all the rules and regulations of the community. And I don't think he's ever really given a massive amount of consideration to Callum's aspect in that. He's just kind of accepted the fact that they're married and that they and everything's going to be fine. So I'm actually mm. kind of intrigued to see where this is going to go. To be, if I'm honest with you. Who, who I didn't think I'd be saying that when this storyline started at the start of the week, but it turns out I'm kind of into it. So there you go. I'm nothing but unpredictable. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's just another turbulent path for the for Ballon, isn't it? Well, it's, it's been a good seven weeks since we last. Will they ever have a week? I was going to say, will they yeah. ever have a week when they're just happy to be together? Yes, but off camera. <laughs> Yes, uh, <laughs> filling in the gaps ourselves. Uh, we've got Chelsea and Denise, and Denise's res- rev- <laughs> Denise is uh, not very happy and thinks that. Chelsea is jumping in too early for having getting married with Grey um, and has been quite vocal about it this week. And I have written down on my notes here, theory by Rob. Ah, so yeah. the floor is with you, Rob. Well, now, this is the thing. I, I'd love to take credit for this theory. I genuinely would. And frankly, after this week, he's getting one mention and then I will be taking it for my own. However, my friend Cal has been talking to me about this storyline and he's actually given me a theory that at that makes total sense and I now think it's really obvious and I can't believe I didn't see it earlier. I, and I agree with, I agree with him completely. I don't think Chelsea's pregnant. I think she did lose the baby when she had that little, that little misadventure last week. And I think that she's now stringing Grey along and that's going to be revealed at the wedding day. And that's how everything's going to go to, going to go mad. 
I think that she is fully aware of what she's doing because if you remember when they got back to Grace Flat, she was straight on that she was gonna, she was quite prepared to have a glass of champagne and a woman who has just yes. had uh, a scare but has been told that everything's fine would not go straight to a bottle of would not go straight to a bottle of champagne wouldn't happen even Chelsea wouldn't happen I am billion percent convinced that girl is no more pregnant than I am I look more pregnant than she is but I don't right. believe that Chelsea's pregnant there you go. <laughs> And in danger, apparently, then. Oh, massive because danger. Because Grey finding out would probably be very, very dangerous. How will they then... Let's let's go... Let's run with this, then. Mm-hmm. How will they portray this on screen? Do you think they'll let us know somewhere by yes. her saying she's going to an ultrasound and then you see her sat in the park eating a sandwich and having a glass... A, a can of tenants or, you know... <laughs> yeah, and a bag. <laughs> just, 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 just to reassure us that she's not pregnant or do you no. think that they're going to keep it a secret from us as well and it'll be on the wedding day that she, she... i think we might <laughs> on the have... wedding day she eventually <laughs> find out well possibly or she's going to have a conversation with whitney which sort of links back to what we've been wondering as to whether chelsea and whitney are going to start working together yes they're going to start working together we're not going to go too hand mm. that's not going to happen in a million years but um it's gonna i i hope so oh i hope so john said oh i hope so but it won't happen um i kind of yeah i i ever since that theory he he said all this to me over message i was kind of staring at it like well i'm an idiot why didn't i see any of that it's so obvious isn't it (laughs) chelsea's not pregnant in the slightest i'm convinced of it and i think that we're going to get a moment in like the next week or so where something like you say well she'll have we'll have a moment where we follow her into a room and something will happen that shouldn't happen if she was pregnant and we'll discover it mm. which means that gray will have now had two potential wives lying to him about being pregnant that's not going to be great for his mental health really is it because chantelle did exactly the same thing admittedly no. for her own protection and for less <laughs> for less nasty reasons than chelsea's going to be doing it but that's yeah yeah there you go it's strange though that chelsea if she's not pregnant it's Wants to marry Grey still, though. Money. Because, we've kind because of, she we've kind still of thinks that he's rich. Rest, yeah, but we kind of... She has no idea yeah, that he's working at McDonald's. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of rested last week that we thought that maybe... Maybe she wanted... She knew everything. She she knew everything about Grey. Or she, she at least knew some of the pieces of how Grey could be. Because she warned Whitney... Like a few months back. So why is she now trying to go back into it? Do you think I can't be just for money, surely? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. She's not exactly since she, especially since she's returned, she's not exactly been someone who's not we've we we know this about Chelsea. She likes a flash bloke, she likes a flash bloke on her arm, and she likes the flash bloke on her arm's credit card. And as far as she's concerned, everything is going fine for Grey in terms of the job and he she he she Grey is the only person that knows exactly how much money problems he's got at the moment. He's not told anybody about this. You know, he didn't even tell Whitney. I don't know whether Whitney's been paid yet. Remember, she was harassing her. Have you paid me yet? I don't know whether that's happened yet, but <laughs> oh, yeah. I doubt. I don't think Whitney's been paid. Um, yeah, I. It's it, to me now. It's it makes total sense, and I'm going to be surprised if it's otherwise because. It's, okay. And Chelsea likes likes all that kind of thing, and I think that she thinks that Gray is um, still rich, you know, and she's decided to just go along with it. Who knows? What do Fair you enough. think? Fair enough. Well, I, I'm happy to ride that train and see exactly where this story goes further down the line. Yes, choo-choo. Uh, talking of people person who wants money, she's starting a crowdfunding funder for her daughter, Pearl, and that's Kim, 
Because yes. Kim has recently discovered that Pearl is bored at school because he's <laughs> not being put up to a full, to, to, uh, full kind of potential of being able to Pearl's learn because she's a super smart kid. Mm. Yeah, Pearl is a genius. And so Kim has decided that she's going to make lots of live videos on Instagram uh, where she believes that you can stop for commercial breaks. <laughs> I don't know. We'll be back after the break. I don't know break. who anyone who uses Instagram, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't just stop and start a live stream like that, but... Okay, fine, Kim, give it a go. But she's starting a crowdfund for Pearl. So um, where do you think this could be? Do you think that basically Kim is kind of distracting herself and she's still not over the fact that she's learned about Vincent? Yes. And that further down the line, this this kind of, yeah, this is kind of stewing and stewing and stewing until one day she's just going to explode. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think this is because a few weeks ago she was convinced that Phil had killed Vincent. We don't have anything more about that theory from her little brain yet. Uh, so I'm just, yeah, that must be what this is. Either that, or she's paying, but she's trying to get the money for a private detective to follow Phil around, or something. I don't know. I mean, this <laughs> is it, it, just Kim going in wacky zany directions like she does so well. Um, and Denise is just sort of looking at her, kind of like, "What are you doing, you strange woman?" I don't. Yeah. What's <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the teacher turns up at the um, at the salon this week because that's because teachers make home visits now. It turns out they go, "I'll go to you. I'll meet you at work." Yeah, that's fine. Um, and yep. she, um, yeah, she learns that Pearl is apparently a genius, and Pearl is <laughs> Pearl sat in the back of it. Whilst the rest of the children are reading their ABC, Pearl's in the back doing a Sudoku. You know, she's she's having a great. <laughs> she's bored as she's bored as hell at school. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, because now Kim's plan is to get her sent to some sort of private school, despite the fact that Denise turned around to her and was like, "You do realise that Libby went to a state school and she's now at Oxford." So you, none of this is really necessary, Kim. But no, no, Kim, Kim's got, Kim's got an idea in her head, and she's going for it. But yeah, I do wonder if that's more to do with the fact that she's just trying to distract herself from, well, distract herself and also she's trying to distract Pearl from the news that she's lost her father and trying to cope with the idea of death. Because I thought, I thought that when this teacher turned up, I thought that when this teacher turned up, he was going to sort of explain to her that she'd been playing up in class, which would be quite a normal response for a little kid who's just found out her dad's dead, you know sort of playing up in class but the teacher's like no I agree she's an absolute genius um, Mensa is calling for the, for your daughter I'm afraid um, so I don't know it's it, it, I don't know it's going to be interesting to see um, if this whole thing with Phil kind of comes back into play Phil's in Portugal at the moment so until Phil gets back from Portugal um, mm. there's not going to be any sort of progression on that um, but for the moment, Kim seems to have sort of let that issue lie, which I think is more to Denise's relief than anybody else's. Um, so who knows? So we'll see where it goes in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I think it's I think there's more to it than just Kim having a mad little storyline because it would seem it would seem wrong for her to because Kim does this. She will have these you know mad little two week storylines where she gets obsessed about something and then she'll do mad things to make try and make it achieve and then fall flat on her face but it seems like a, it seems like a strange time for her to have one of those moments while she's in the middle of a slightly more serious story so yeah I feel that there's something else kind of going on with her thinking I, I, yeah it has to be to do with yeah. Vincent I don't think we've finished that story just no. yet um, and uh, but it's nice that Pearl is like super genius maybe she could end up like when she's 18 looking for her dad that'd be the yeah. <laughs> long term story we're like <laughs> looking ahead for Never know. Yeah. Um, one final story then we're going to talk about quickly is Gina Stacy and them having a bit of a fallout this week over Eve going missing. Uh, they did make up 
uh, eventually. But when they did make up, a couple of things that happened kind of outside of that kind of story is I found a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. And that is that Stacey and Kidit has started kind of talking and being a lot more close and personal with each other. Mm-hmm. And also Tommy broke his foot um, or has done something to his foot by playing football, even though, and she's, and Kat said it quite implicitly, like it was some kind of addiction, some kind of drug to Tommy. It's like, don't ever give him a football because as soon as you give him a football, he'll want to play football. And if he starts playing football, he's going to not be able to play football. He'll break his leg. He will break his leg. Do not give him a football. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to ruin his career and no one's going to know what's going to happen. It's just nuts. So uh, first of all, then Stacy and Clint, what do you think is happening with them too? Because um, obviously Martin might still want to kind of want to get back together again after he found out that the baby isn't his. I get the impression from Stacey that she's kind of over Martin now. You know, when she first came back and Martin was sort of like, the, you know, there was no regret in Stacey's kind of stance or anything when she was having that conversation. She was literally like, don't be stupid, Martin, get over yourself. She, she, I don't think she's got any interest in mine. I think she's done with that phase of her life and she's now moving on to more interesting things. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, the, her and Kira work quite well together. I am reminded so much of that amazing episode where they actually did that together for the first time and they had that whole kind of long scene together where they were talking about each other and, you know, Stacey was remembering Bradley and they would just sit with each other for a bit of comfort. And Stacey said, this will happen and now I'm not going to speak to you for months. <laughs> and she genuinely didn't. Um but then, to be fair, she went to prison, mm. so maybe it might have happened sooner. Who knows? Um, but yeah, she uh, there's 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 chemistry now redeveloping between Kira and Stacy. Where I want this to go now is for Janine to get her claws into Kira and for that to have a good old fashioned, you know, terror between Stacy and Janine about Kira because I think Janine and Kira would could be an interesting pair. But then that just goes back to the fact that I'm desperate for Janine and Suki to go head to head and have and have a rivalry so maybe i'm just writing right. my own fan fiction at this point i don't know um but <laughs> for the time being it looks very likely that stacy and kiras are gonna start sort of getting that together again which i suppose again does make things interesting because suki is currently trying to kick the slaters out for their annual homeless christmas storyline <laughs> can't believe we're here again. The Slaters yes. being homeless at Christmas. Why is it every... <laughs> were we here last year? Or was it the year before that the Slaters were homeless at Christmas? But doesn't it happen every year? It does, it does, despite which family it is that looks after the thing. It's always around Christmas that there's some kind of crisis happening where the Slaters need to be rehomed somewhere along the uh, line. Yeah, and at the minute they're, tr- at the minute they're literally sat in the, in the square gardens trying to find somewhere for them to live. Lily's, Lily's taken to calling it Slater Towers. Jean's got the idea of a bachelorette pad in her head with a jacuzzi and <laughs> cocktails. It's all very strange. Um, yeah. But yeah, this whole thing with Tommy. <laughs> now, for the love of God, explain to me why this whole thing with the fire, Tommy seemed fine. He was running around. He was kicking his football around. He wasn't on his crutches or anything like that. And yet this is the thing that might, him falling over and apparently breaking his leg, broken legs can be repaired broken legs heel at some point it's not going to ruin his football career yeah but they don't so what was the point of the fire necessarily heal properly no but do they they don't necessarily heal properly i will i will i will give that defense okay there. but i would have thought that the fact that tommy got thrown out of a window by a fire back like a backyard yeah. they're called when it's kind of boom and he fell out the back of the window that probably more likely would have been the thing that that would have ruined his career yes. and i feel like but what makes this even kind of like less interesting is the fact that we've gone weeks not having 
an ounce of an update about what's happened to Tommy. And this week we just had a passing comment that Tommy is feeling a bit better, but still misses football at the beginning of the week. And then at the end of the week, you just saw him and he hit a... <laughs> How did he hide a football? <laughs> also in a bag. It's like, that's... It's not like it's a flat object or a tiny little thing, mm. is it? It's like a football. It's an inflate. <laughs> it's a big thing. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, is no one looking? Yeah. Oh, okay then. Here's my ball." He's broke. He's hidden that bit. He's hidden that ball <laughs> in a bush weeks ago, and he comes out in the middle of the night when everyone's asleep in the house and just kicks the football around the square. That'd have been nice, wouldn't it? Like some, a completely unrelated scene in the middle of the night. Two characters are having a conversation, and all of a sudden they hear this sort of thudding sounds. Which is a ball, but it sounds like a ball being kicked against a wall. Who would be doing that at midnight? And then it's revealed at the end of the week that it was Tommy practicing football when everyone else was asleep in the square. That would have been nice. No. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing, of course, is the madness that yeah. Kat has said that she's going to move in with Phil when this whole thing, when the Mitchell's house is repaired. Again, we've had no update of, like, the Mitchell's house disrepair. We haven't <laughs> even seen the house since it got blown up. We've not... We've barely... I don't think, actually, we've seen Phil since the house got blown up, really, have we? Apart from, like, the other scene in the cab... The completely not unrelated... Really. Well, the completely unrelated scenes in the cab office where he was doing the whole... Where he was talking to Kim about Vincent. Oh, it's so frustrating because... Why don't we know any of this? <laughs> This is it. This is all stuff that we're just kind of... It, one day it will just be like, bing, here we go. We're there. Here's the new Mitchell house. Um, and do you think there's going to be a complete redesign of the house? Oh, I think they might change the wallpaper. Oh, of course they changed the wallpaper, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be visibly still the Mitchell house, I think. Yeah, and they're going to have to, put Sharon, they're gonna, they're gonna okay. have, to have done something with Sharon's wine cupboard. You know, the days where she used to just have a stressful day and then go home and neck room temperature white out mm. of the cupboard. <laughs> Um, so the, you know, the, the kitchen will... Or feel safe as they, well. Feel safe. Oh, I'm sure there's still millions of pounds sat in there absolutely fine. That, I guarantee that when we first go in the Mitchell house, there well, will be a scene where Phil has to go into his safe and there will be 75 grand just sat there. A little bit singed, but other than that, absolutely <laughs> fine. <laughs> I don't know. 75 grand plus the mobile phone of Vincent being shot. That's under the roof. That's, a, Let's never that's forget under the, the floor and the arches. To somehow, again, off screen, grab it. Yeah, yeah but don't forget, originally it was in that safe. Was and it? Then that's where... Yeah, 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 but originally, because he said, I was able to get back into the fire to get this before the house. Oh, right, exploded. okay. We've talked about this before. Yes. We've talked yes. about this before. Because you said, oh, no, it was always in the pit. I was trying to make it make sense in my head. It makes more. It makes much more sense for him to have hidden that from the beginning underneath underneath the floor in the arches rather than in his own house. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right, then. Well, there we go, then. So that was the week in Wolford once more um, and all the stories that went down there. I mean... Quite the week. Was it was a week. It was a week. Interesting what happened. Yeah. It was a week. Well, let's see what happens next week. It was week. a week. It was a week. Uh, we'll how, how can people get in touch with us then, Rob, to let us know what they thought about this week's EastEnders? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wolford Weekly. You can find us on Facebook at Wolford Weekly Podcast. On YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe using the little bell button to get notifications about our spoiler videos and possibly for The Wolford, which is soon returning from a brand new set, by which they mean they've changed rooms in the house. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Wolford Weekly. And you can email uh, me at robwolfordweekly at gmail.com or at alexwolfordweekly at gmail.com. Com. We will be back next week. 
I may have had more sleep by then. Who knows? I might not have done. I might never sleep again. Um, but until then, <laughs> thank you very much for listening and watching. We love you all very, very much. And do go and check out our discussion about the exit of John Sen, which Alex will flash across the screen in fabulous style right now. And you might stick it in the show notes if you're lucky. So from until next week, it is au revoir from me. And it's bum chance from me. Bye. Bye. me, I ain't want to gossip.